Today we're going to learn Leilu Nishmat. Zelig Ben Ben David. On his 32nd birthday. Leilu Nishmat. Boketov. Here, there are pages over here for whoever needs. Also for continued refuah shlema of Yaakov. Yaakov Ben Chana. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue the question. Okay. In the in the Sefer, you have it's Daf Samach Dalid? Yes. Daf Samach Dalid. Okay. I said I wrote in the text that this is gonna be the last year on uh, on this parak and I was very wrong. <laughs> like, sometimes I'm off I'm very off. I don't know what I was thinking. Huh? That was a good way to get people. Oh, yeah, I'm saying that's the last one? <laughs> I don't know. No, no I was... Not, I'll, just say I'll, I'll start next week with a new one. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, my mash, I don't know what happened exactly. I was like, I thought that somehow that we would be able to like take the, like, take the whole Nusayah and kind of put it all together today and move weiter, but there's something today that, that, will, um, that will have, it has to have its own shear. And that is that the Musar movement. The Musar movement, in the context of Ahavat Hashem, is a funny thing. And when we say the Musar, the Tnuata Musar, who, do, who are we usually referring to when we say like the Musar movement? Like who are we thinking? Of? We saw Salanta, who else? The Altar of Kam. The of Kam. Dessler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here, oh, here you go. Nachon. You have a lot of these. Uh, you have a lot of a lot of these very very you holy names. Like that could also fall into the category, although it's funny. It could. I mean, but the truth is, in you know, in the early Hasidim, referred to Sifri Hasidus as Sifri Musar. Well, the Rebbe says there has to be three hakdamas before davening. A man has to have three hakdamas before he davens. Let's go to the mikvah, give tzedakah, and learn Musar. So they were wondering. <laughs> What does that, really? You're, the Alter Rebbe, you're saying that a man has to go and learn Musar? He's like, no, I mean like our Svarim. You know, like, Sifrei, the Svarim that came from the, the world of the Baal Shem Tov, Sifrei Musar too. Um, how the Mida of Ahava falls into this, and how the, like we learned last week, how the Yetzirah will not, like again, continuing to call out what the Yetzirah is in this regard, is going to be seen today in a different way. I think in a very special way. In a way of acknowledging like what, what our door is about and, and where we're at and what how we can't avoid these things anymore. So look at the paragraph that starts, Vim Adain Libcham Supak on the on the pages here in front of you, the bottom paragraph. You see he keeps on he keeps on kind of, kind of like tending and, and addressing the person that's still sitting there sheer after sheer and says like, Well, I know that while I'm sitting in the therapist chair, meaning while I'm learning this it feels so right to put my focus of 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 of, of Hashem on Ahavat Hashem. The problem is that the second that I leave, I say to myself, "Ah, it's, it it can't really be that." The the lo the focus of Avodat Hashem. While you're talking to me, while I'm learning the sefer, I buy it. But when I leave, I say to myself, "Who am I to be someone that can live on such a high level?" Like we were talking about the last few weeks. Good morning, here. So, so, Ilan Yunir also? So, Kacha. So, he's saying now again, and that means if your heart is still doubtful. Now, I want to explain these words before we move on in the text. And it'll basically be a repetition, not repetition, but drilling home the, no, the nekuda that was made, probably the last three or four shirim on this, on this topic. And that is, part of figuring out how to love Hashem is learning how to call out the Yetzir Hara for what it is. We, we, we've said that many times, but it's not something you crack, but you don't crack that code after one time. The Yetzir Hara comes and tells you, it comes and shows up in the holiest of names, in the holiest of vibes, in the holiest of themes, and it, it, it doesn't like go to sleep after you beat it one time. It's, it, it's back working right away. Right away. Someone reminded me recently that um, in, in a shir from many years ago, I was listening to a shir from many years ago, <coughs> that someone gave the Yetzirah an official name. 
in Shear, in a men's Shear, called it, you, can, you could figure out whatever name you want to give in the women's Shear. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that name would be. In the men's Shear, they called him Kenny. <laughs> now, I don't know exactly what's Pshat there with mm-hmm. Kenny, although someone then said, now I've never seen this show, besides maybe one snippet one time, of this show South Park. Have you seen this show? Uh, it's a cartoon. They're all it's dead, an, so it doesn't. Not right, but the point they said, <laughs> he said, he said, they said it's so interesting. This guy called he labeled the Yitzhara Kenny because at the end of every single show, this character Kenny gets killed. The thing is, though, next episode he's back to life. <laughs> he's Chayvikayim. So even though we can label something as a Yitzhara and in the moment call it out for what it is, just be clear about something. They come back next episode. <laughs> They're there again. Am I, has anyone seen them? Should we call them Lowy? Huh? Just Should we call it what? Lowy, not, not Kenny. Not Kenny. Get it? Oh, low, okay. Ken. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So I want to see how, again, we can make sure today, right now, Bemet, with all our, with all our kavanas right now, that. Have we really, have we really like, detected and saying, what is, what is the voice that's making us cynical about being people that say, we're very into Yiddishkeit, oh, what, what are you focusing on? Loving Hashem. You know, there's certain songs that just bring it out to you. And they don't, they don't allow you to do anything else. Like the song that became very famous the last few years, Avat Olam Ahavtich, Everlasting Love. What a song. What an, it's not my song. It's, a, it's by Michal Shapiro. What a song, what a, what a chidosh it is. Who talks like this? Well, the Nevi'im did talk like that. That song is two different nevuot together, Yirmiyahu and Yishayahu Anavi. Ve'avat olam ha'avtich al-ken chased. And how does he say it? In everlasting love, I have, I, have, loved you. I have loved you for this. I have drawn you with my love. That's the Navi. The mountains will crumble and the hillsides will fade away, but my love for you will, not, will never end. That's Torah. That, that's, that's, a, that's Torah. Our Avodat Hashem, our observance of Torah, has to be framed through that Nevu'ah. Our children have to experience Talmud Torah and Kiyom Torah and Mitzvot, mitzvot through that nevuah, through that prophecy. I was talking to my wife after Rudba and I was in our house the other night, and she was sharing with me what some of the women were sharing with her about their experience of, 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 uh, of what she was sharing, of how she was describing her journey. And it reminded me very much of like, how people, sh- hopefully when they learn the story of Ruth, which we're right, right about to get to with Ruth HaMoaviyah, you know, when you say words like Amech Ami Ve'elokaich Elokai, it's because you love. It, it's not because you're so scared that if you don't join Am Yisrael, you're going to go to hell. Amech Ami Ve'elokaich Elashet Telchi Elech Ba'ashet Talini Alin Amech Ami Elokaich Elokai it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful way of, of, of choosing that. Here I am right now. Now, what we're saying right now can be applied and hopefully will be applied not just to a Ashkafashir on the Midah of Avat Hashem. My dream is that every Gemara Shir starts like this. Every Halacha Shir starts like this. Every Nach Shir starts like this and ends like this and continues like this. And every drasha, even if it's not spoken of, kachaz, this is the tone. The problem is, like we said last time, the Yetzirah knows that if Jews start living like this, then Kenny doesn't show up for the next episode. Or Loi, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> then they're not, they're not back. They're not back. It's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. So let's look on the bottom. Does anyone need any more sheets? We have more sheets. Adina, you need... So let's go. Ve'im adayin dibcha mesupak alecha ve'nirah lecha shezeo derech hasidut If like, you're still doubtful of this and you're like, it's only for like real hasidim or people that are stringent or people that are extra pious. 
Like when we say, when we say over here, midata chasidut, right? We're, we're not speaking about like being a chasid. It means, midata chasidut means like extra piety, okay? That, that the focus of loving Hashem is bonus points. It's a shtuyot. It's not bonus points. It's yesod points. Yesod blocks. It's the yesod. It's foundational blocks. Lemancha, leman zchutcha lenetzach netzachim v'itaneg bo itbarach shmo, shelo te'abed et ha'netzach, et ha'emet, et ha'kadosh baruchu. If you still think that this is just for a tzaddikim, yechidei zgula, that you're going to be learning and talking about loving Hashem, he's like, well, let me quote you right now someone that you probably wouldn't expect the following. Have any of you ever learned Mikhtav Meliyahu? Or Pete, well, it's, it's pretty long, actually. It's like eight volumes, but... Mikhtav Meliyahu is a very important sefer. I had a chavrusa with Yaniv Tzaidi on it, and we, we, we loved it. We have to get back to him. He says, I'm going to quote for you something from the great-grandson of the, of the Musar movement's founder. The Musar, the Musar movement's founder was Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. His great-grandson, here he says, Nin Venechid. You have to check exactly what that is. Either it's grandson or great-grandson. And he says, this is the great-grandson of the Tnuat Musar. We're talking about Rav Dessler, Michtav Meliyahu, Vezele Shono. Now he's writing this. When is Rav Dessler writing Michtav Meliyahu, approximately? Does anyone know? Right after, I think, yeah. So probably 70 years ago, Machikazen. V'zelishonu, bizmaneinu, in our times, ha'amitut shel ba'alei musar, kvar yadam in aperek. You know what that means? It means those that label themselves musarniks. That means, uh, Yossi and I spoke about this, we think about the, the, what they used to do in Slabotka and in these yeshivas where they would actually wait online sometimes for hours for a bus, and then they knew they had the wrong ticket. But in order to acquire the Midah of Busha, they stood there with the, <coughs> with, the, with, the, with the ticket that was for the wrong bus in front of everyone after waiting and schwitzing, just to, in front of everyone, acquire the Midah of Busha, that there's such shlomazels that they ke'ilu been waiting for nothing. These kind of shitot in the Tnuat Musar, okay? Now, there are people that actually lived like this that understood and felt like the way that I could really acquire these midot is if I, if I take on such wild things with, regarding Musar. It sounds very foreign to us, right? It sounds pretty, pretty out there. But he says, really, it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't, it, it's not around anymore. Now, Rav Weinberger said a few years ago, and many people were, had a hard time swallowing it, and, but it was true. He said, listen, let's face it. The Musar movement didn't work. <coughs> Meaning that it didn't end up becoming the leading voice in Yiddishkeit. It didn't. Especially after the Holocaust, there's no way it could have. And Enzikui. There, no there was no way that the leading voice calling, bringing Jews back to their creator after the Holocaust would have been through Musar. Or Musar, the way that it was brought down in the Tnu'ah as the movement of Musar. The question is, do you think Hasidus did? So listen to what he says. I, I really enjoy this next paragraph. Kvar afsu anashim im haemet amok balev. There are barely any people that really walk around deeply with emet deep in their hearts. Almost because we've, we've come to live in a world where it's constantly compromising. We're... we're we're Orthodox, but we're modern. We live in Eretz Yisrael, but we don't have Beis HaMikdash. It's, it's always these nigudim, but to go the whole way on anything is almost like, it's almost not for anyone. He says, there's barely anyone like this anymore, that mamish go the whole way. The whole way. Everything is compromised. And everything is trying to understand how do we, how do we like, ma'ale chol from Kodesh, how do we dance around the emet la'amito, and it's all Hashem Shamayim. But the people that were like full on emet lamito, he says kvar en. Who are people like this? Im cheshbon nefesh chazak ma'amiti. 
people that would go to night, sleep every night, you've heard stories like this, people that go to sleep every night, and they do a cheshbon nefesh, every single night. Today, we're proud of ourselves if we don't hate ourselves before we go to sleep. Today, we're proud of ourselves if like, we could like, find two nekudos tovos on ourselves. There used to be people that before they went to sleep, they did a real deep soul accounting. And they looked at their day and they said, you know, what was it like today? Remember the famous story of the, of, of, uh, the Chofetz Chaim? They said they used to hear the Chofetz Chaim uh, like, do this out loud, this soul accounting every single night. The story about Rebbe Reb Zusha and Rebbe Melech about this also. Can you imagine if we, like, every single night we did soul accounting? So there used to be people that did this. Maybe it wasn't Besimcha, but they did this. He says, now, if he's saying this 70 years ago, you know, today, how many people are going to sleep doing soul accounting? We're all in this, like, trying to catch our breath and save our souls and just stay afloat and, and hopefully no, one's, no one wants to kill each other in the house by the end of the night. I don't think we would be able to sleep if we did soul accounting. Today? Yeah. How were they able to? They were more, um, I don't know, maybe it was... Le- more um, like on a level of MS and less on a level of self-judgment. Could be. Or maybe they did less wrong during the day. <laughs> Could, be. Could be. I don't know. We won't know. <laughs> we could only assume. I don't know if it's right but, entirely, but like, mm-hmm. if people aren't even on their phones and actually hearing their own voices, then we're like a step ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll allow you to get to there. But like, let's just... <laughs> Yeah, you're reminding me of a challenge I wanted to do for the week before Shavuos for the shul. It may, it may be very hard, but I wanted, to, I wanted to challenge every home in the shul that every couple doesn't bring their phone into the bedroom at night for the week before Shavuos, so pre- preparing for Matan Torah. Wow. We don't. We, 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 had it at, we had it at school in Chicago for Hanukkah that um, they sent home boxes, and the whole time that the Hanukkah were... Everyone put their phones in it. They're huge. And mm. every family did it. I don't know if anyone who didn't huge. do it. And I mean, we, everyone did it for an hour every night, the whole family, and it was, it Peace. was so special. Peace. So, Shalom. Yeah. It, it could be done. Yeah, and it will be done. He says like this Now, who's saying this? Not a Chabatsker. Rev. Rev. Dessler is saying, Shamru Chazal Dor Chazal said in Ikvaz Mashiach, it's going to be a door, the whole door is going to be like striving for Pnimiut, but on the surface it's going to be very chitzoni. Outside stuff are going to boggle our minds. We're going to be immersed in outside stuff most of the time. Im adam lomed musar, and if a person is learning musar during this Ikvaz Mashiach, hu meunyan beikar musar, he wants to know the, about the chokhmah of Musar. It's not a person that's trying to fix his neshama. It's a person that wants to, he's uh, learning it as a, he would like to be acquainted with that part of Yiddishkeit. He wants to know what it's about. He really wants to understand the, the, the philosophical and psychological uh, you know, parts of this, of this wonderful movement of Musar. But he says, but even if he learns it, and he learns it all the time, he doesn't bring it to the soul accounting at night. He's learning it to know what did they have to say, as opposed to, am I fixing my neshama? One of the worst and most difficult chaburas I ever did was a group of people that, I, I, it was my fault that I agreed to it, but it was like on Monday mornings down here a few years ago, and it was, I think it was, they, they called it Hasidus for Litvaks or Hasidus for Dummies or Hasidus for Heretics, Kilo. I don't know what it was called. It was a weird group. And it was, I realized that it was just learning Hasidut to know about Hasidut. And I'd come home and be in a song and she's like, you look like garbage. You look, I was like, what happened to you? I said, I don't know, I thought maybe this time, like, one of the words that would, you know, one of the words would crack through. But if your approach, Melech is coming to just know, what do they have to say? He's saying that's how they were learning, what do they have to say about the Muslim movement? 
He said, I never brought a person to come home at night and say, like, Ribbono Shilalam, with the, look at the time I could have used today for the right things. He's saying, in this door, there's barely anyone that's learning Musa like that, to bring it liyadei ma'aseh. Yeah. Wait, we are learning it for philosophical purposes, or we are? No, no, he's, he's explaining that most people today that are learning tnuat, uh, the, the, the learnings of Musa today, and he's saying this 70 years ago, they're not learning it in order to bring it down to a level of going home at night and doing soul accounting. They're learning it in order to know what does, the, as a subject, what does that world of thought have to say? Or, wh- or, or why were people once upon a time so attracted to Tznuat Musar. Okay? But it was 70 years ago. In other words, it's changed dramatically. For good or bad? For the Musar movement, for good. Yeah, really? How so? You don't know any lit box. <laughs> they're, they're all over the place. <laughs> You're speaking about it as if it's like a, an epidemic. It's like they're all over the no, place. They, they're the holiest. They have been infiltrated by Hasidut, which they don't acknowledge. But they're very, very stark in their litvishness, in, in their musaf. That's not what he's talking about. It's not what he's talking about. Okay. He's saying it's a different brand of a yid. You can be, we don't understand this because we didn't live. We didn't live back then. And even if many, some of us were born back then, we didn't live and breathe the air that does kind of yidden we're walking around. What he's saying over here is that even if today you have people that are litvaks, the way we refer to litvaks, mm. it's not real litvaks of, 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 of back in the day. But, but he's going to say the same thing about Hasidim in a second too. Because having been born into that, look, people were kind of zombies. I mean, look at Rav Soloveitchik and what he writes. They were zombies right. after the war. Right. People were like, huh? Mm-hmm. On the whole perspective from the reform all the way to Haredim and back. Everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nachon, um, nachon. So anything that anyone was learning was a kind of a factual thing. Like, oh, like no one knew that right. there were Alexander Hasidim because like a comet le- was left after the war. Once they got to be a few thousands and people found right. out and they were right. republishing their books. Dugma. Um, so they were all sort of looking into it and seeing what, what was this picture of people back then mm-hmm. before the war. That's how they were learning it. And that was why, in my opinion. Okay, let's see, let's see how he, ex- okay. how he understands okay. this. You see this, the end of the fourth line. You don't have today the avodat Hashem like Hasidim used to have with Dvekus. He's saying you don't have it today. Now He's saying that then, right? Right? All that's left today is the chitzonius of Hasidus that seems a little bit like Yislavus. Now in Chabad, there's a, there's a reason for that. In Chabad, there, there's a, you know, why do Hasidim daven, why, why are so many things, kilu, like, not as high as like what the older Hasidim used to be like? You just always felt like second, third generation in Chabad, the tvekus, the hours and hours of everything. So they label it as Yeridat Adorot. Like this is just, you have to be with the times and the, and the, and the generations went down. And maybe they would say this also in Tnuat Musar as well. And wherever we're at, we do the best that we can. He's saying that may be true, but let's call it what it is. It's just a comet. It's just a little sprinkle of what once was. Now, Chazal already said that's what it's going to look like when Mashiach comes. It's not like, well, how do we get back to the way it was back then? It's understanding how to operate within, the, within that type of a reality. So let's, let's continue. This is, this is so deep what he says. Yesh nigun. Aval haneshama shel hanigun einena. There is a nigun being sung, but the soul of the nigun isn't there. Like, do you know what Hasidim used to do or look like when they used to sing the Alter Rebbe's nigun? Do you know what Hasidim looked like or what they did in preparing to go to, to Davin by Rabbi Nachman's grave? And the fear and tears, river of tears, that would take place as they approached Rabbi Nachman's tzim today. Well, not today, but as of a few months ago, right? Until a few months ago, you woke up, Sunday night, you're like, I need a, I got an itch to go to Rabbi Nachman. I know people that have done this. Monday morning, they're on the 5.30 a.m. flight. They're by Rabbi Nachman by noon. And they're back home later that night. It's changed. 
But it used to be that the traveling, the approach, what a, what a, what a chassid used to do in preparation for Yechidus, this is crazy stuff. So he's saying, we're singing, maybe we're singing the same songs, but the soul of the nigran is not like it used to be. Again, he's writing this 70 years ago. Ha'itlavut batfila, real enthusiasm. Kimat shayechet la'avar. It's almost something that is shayech to the past. I would love to invite him to Shirat David Shabbos. Because <laughs> I feel like that's one thing that we're not going to compromise on no matter what. It cannot be part of the avar. B'shum panim ba'ofen. La'idan shalayom, in today's day and age, kimat v'lo nishara ela derech echat. What's left today to do? You gotta grab on to anything that'll help Yiddishkeit. What Hasid, the, the wisdom of Hasidus and the wisdom of Musar together. You grab on to whatever you need you can grab on to. Alavai, if only, it would be so amazing if the awakening of Musar would also would, would bring to an awakening, a Hasidish awakening as well. And I'll advise that a little bit of this awakening would say a little bit of soul accounting. One night a week. Maybe not for 25 minutes, for five minutes. Just a little bit. This is what he writes, the Mikhtav Miliao. Zoi kol darkosha rav desle. Vezot nikar bisfaro, shuish tamesh becholas fanim. Chazal, rishonim, achronim, pashtanim, mikubalim, baalim, musayev chasidut. He's saying like this. Rav Desler said what he said after drinking from the fountain of all of Masora, of all of the Masora. It wasn't just one derech. He was quoting, he was learning from everyone. He tried to pull from everything. And that's why today, when you have people, you ask them, what's your derech? Like, what kind of yid are you? And it's almost become like cliche to say, no, we're just yudim pshutim, and we're trying, you know, we don't have, we're not this and we're not that, we're just like everything. He said that 70 years ago. He said that 70 years ago, there are, you know, rarely are there people that today, in today's world that we're living in, that say, this is my derech, I'm defined as this. And it's a, by the way, it's a taiva. It's a, it's, it could be a holy taiva too, to say, I want a derech. I want that one way that says, I feel most at home here, and this is what's going to bring me to the, the place of real emet and cheshbon and nefesh. But he's saying, it doesn't really work like that anymore. And many people, we spoke about this a long time ago. The, at least the neshamas that I'm connected to are not one branded. They're not, it's not like, oh, it's just Breslov, it's just Chabad, it's just Litvax, it's just the Muslim movement. We're understanding that we really need to learn everyone. We have to shake in front of a letter from Igros Moshe, like we shake from, from, from one of the writings of Rav Kook, like we shake from a Torah of the Satmar Rebbe. We have to grab what every one of the tzaddikim has to offer that we could put inside our, our arsenal and use all of that to bring us to Ahavat Hashem. It's not one way. Now, there are those few that are still from the older generation. That it's, it's, very, it's rare, but they are like that. The one, it's one way, and it's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing, but they're from the Alterheim. When my label wolf was here, I asked him, what, are you, what kind of other Hasidists do you like? Nothing. Oh, Not that he doesn't like... Lubavitch is still like that. What's that? Lubavitch is like that in general. But you have, even in Lubavitch... <laughs> Relative statement. Well, you have, you have, even within Lubavitch, some of the big minds today 
Uh, you're right. Other Lubavitches can't 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 stomach them. Rav Ginsburg. Even, even Yossi Jackson. <laughs> Yossi Jackson. Right. Right. And also Rav Dolber Pinson. But in Breslov, like even in Breslov, you, you, you see it more and more that it's like, you know, it, it's got, it's, it's more. You have Chassidim of Rav Ovadia that are learning Likutei Maharan. They're learning, they're learning the Sparima, the, the Pnimim of Chassidut. Because we're in a generation and we have to grab whatever we can to bring it in for this. Now the point of the shear that we saw until now was that who's writing this? This is good stuff to work against the Yitzhahara. Why? Because who's, who just wrote the words that we said over here? Rev Dessler. What world does that represent? Musr. What does that mean in terms of Musr and Ahavat Hashem? The Musr movement would come and tell you You'll get there one day. Right? First, Rip yourself into shreds of bitul, anava, all the other midot, you know. First learn, like, all the things that will come and make you work so hard on the things that don't really resemble Avat Hashem. Rav Dessler is coming and saying, listen, Hebra, 70 years ago, it's, it's a dor chitzoni. We can't work like that anymore. So now when you come to the Yitzhah and say, listen, this is not, I'm not flying off of a piece of the Ishbitzer that I'm a loving God, even though I'm a big balavera but rather that I'm looking deep into the heart of the Musar movement's realization of today, and I'm saying, today, this is what we need. And you know what? Even if I don't feel like I need it, you know who Mamish needs this? My children. My children. If I want them to want to be ingrained with Torah, if I want them to be interested and involved in today's day and age, they have got to feel that it really is all about love. But what about their midos? What about their yiras Hashem? If you work the other way, you'll never get to that way. What do you want? What do you want? The, the, the chiddush here is that he's using Rav Dessler to prove his point. That's what's so amazing. If he would have brought us a sipur of the Baal Shem Tov right now, we'd all close the book and be like, Gamayinu, let, let, let's get a little bit more grounded. He's taking Rav Dessler and he's saying, here from here, look, what Yiddishkeit is all about. And he continues. Yud Aleph. Let's understand these words even more. He's going to go to another person who you may say has Hasidish tendencies, but it's not exactly how he's viewed in the world. And that's the Pachad Yitzchak. That's Rabbi Yitzchak Kutner. Rabbi Yitzchak Kutner was the Rosh Yeshiva of, does anyone know? Huh? Chaim Berlin. Now, Rav Hutner was also very close to Lubavitcher Rebbe, on and off, and he was also a Talmud of Rav Kook. So he's a, he's a really mysterious, mysterious figure, and his Svarim Pachad Yitzchak is amazing, Lamdus, it's amazing, amazing Torah. In fact, it was the Pachad Yitzchak, it was Rav Yitzchak Hutner that personally gave Rav Shlomo Karbach Smicha, it's a whole beautiful story, how that happened. Anyway, let's, leave with, let's see what he says. A mashal nifla, a wonderful parable. Mashal igvir gadol shayulo shte banot. Igvir had two daughters. Kol mishalat libo hayalakachat lahem chatanim lomde Torah muflagim ovde Hashem beemet. All he dreamed for them was to find them two son-in-laws that were emesdik, a pnimesdik, a yidin, that loved learning and that were real servants of Hashem. Leman matara naala venifla azo. Now back then that was actually, even then it was pretty much a, a luxury because back then when you took a son-in-law, it wasn't, you didn't give a lifetime guarantee that you could learn forever and, all, and the father-in-law will finance you. It was a certain amount of years that were decided before you have to go and figure out on your own, you'll come and eat by my table. Quite often that's because the chassan was like 14. <laughs> but even when they weren't 14, this things would ha- these things would happen later in life as well. So he said to them, um, I'm going to take care of you the rest of your lives so that your moach and lev will be panui to serve Hashem. Now listen to this. Chesed Hashem gavar muflagim. It happened. And he had two wonderful son-in-laws. Amalei Torah b'tarah b'gdusha and all of us that have daughters should be zonchet to have the most emesdik, epnimi, yisdik, chasanim. Amen. Be'ezrat Hashem. 
הגביר ביקש מכל אחד מחתניו, so the gvir asked from each of his son-in-laws, שיאמר לו איזה מיני אוכלים מחזקים את גופם. What, what do you need to eat to feel, you know, you have your own need, what, what, what do you need to eat to, to feel strong? בכדי שיאכלו אוכל שמחזק את הגוף. וחסכונות הגוף ומאחוריו לא יפריעם מעבודת קונם. He wanted to make sure he supplies for them anything they need in order to be עובדי השם חזקים and real good למדנים. החתן הראשון אמר שלפי מזג גופו, טוב ומועיל לו שיאכל כל יום בשר בהמה, וזה יחזקו לעבודת קונו. First son in law wasn't a friar. He said, listen, אסדו. אין מה לעשות, every day, if you, listen, I'm just saying this because you asked, right? You want your grandchildren to have a smart father? <laughs> so only because of that, I'm telling you that asado, you know, ribs, whatever it is, that's what gives me, according to the temper, temperament of my body, that's what gives me the most, you know, chozek, to be a strong, fiery learner. Lumato, but the other son-in-law, mizgo lechalutin, very different in nature. הוא הביא את צורכי גופו בכך שייתנו לו בכל יום חלב שנחלב היום. He said, what, what I need is uh, freshly milked milk. <laughs> That's what I need every single day. אוקיי. Okay. מכיוון שהחתן הראשון מאכלו היה בכל יום בשר, והחתן השני היה מאכלו בכל יום חלב, לכן לא יוכלו לשבת לאכול יחדיו ממש. So, the problem was they could never, you know, fabring together, בשר וחלב, but... ואף שמן הדין, וואלה לדבק, לוק, ואף שמן הדין סגי מפות נפרדות או בהיכר, הם יחמיא, even though according to the din, you can change the table class, whatever, הם יחמילו לאכול כל אחד על שולחן לבדו, they still were mockpit, everyone's eating at a separate table, בסדר. כך הלכו להם הימים, מתוך סיפוק צורכי הגוף, this, their lives went on like this, and they were taking care of their bodies, and everything was working, ואמר בתורה הקדושה, like the Rashi in this last parasha, המילוס, they were working hard, they were... really putting their kishkas into working on Talmud Torah. Ulam, galgal mitapech ba'olam. Oh, how the tables have turned. Mazalo ne'efach ala ve'efsid kol rechusho, this gvir lost all his money, ve'nasa dal ha'chai be'tzimtzum. And he had to become someone that lives with a lot of, lot of constraints. Im kol zot, nonetheless, nisa be'kol kocho u'bechol me'odo lazun u'lefarnes et shtei chatanav ha'muflagim. But he still tried with whatever he could to mefarnes his two son-in-laws. But he couldn't do it the way that he once was able to. If until just recently he gave each one that he became so poor, he couldn't afford that. ולכך נתן לכולם אוכל שווה, and now he gave everyone whatever he could. לא חלב, לא בשר, אלא לחם צר ומים לחץ. A little bit of bread, a little bit of water. אף שעד עתה לא נשא מהשולחן לשבת יחדיו, אולם מעתה. You know, basically, back then, when they were eating bread, when they were doing meat, mom was doing milk, so we said they couldn't sit together, right? He says, but now, It's a different story, אולם מעתה, שבין כך ובין כך לא זה אוכל בשר ולא זה אוכל חלב, למה שלא ישבו יחדיו? So why should, what reason do they, not, do they have now to not sit together? זהו משל נוקב וחודר. This is a, you know what a חדירה is? When you, when you go into a... Infiltrating. This is an infiltrating משל, when you think about this. This is חודר ונוקב. הנמשל ברור. What is this mashal telling us? Right? Listen, listen very closely. This is like a very important paragraph. And I think it explains a lot of our hashkafa. Anan hashkafa hashkafa. פעם החסידות הייתה חסידות. והמוסר היה מוסר. And I'm not saying which one now was milchik and which one was fleshik. <laughs> not going there. Huh? So it exactly, exactly. It, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Although all the chassidim underneath their breath are saying, no, 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 we know. We know they're, we, we, we know they're asado, right? <laughs> no, no. Pam zaya kacha, pam zaya kacha. 
כל אחד היה עקבי בדרכו, that's why each one was persistent with their own דרך. הוא בדק כל דבר אם הוא שייך לצורת עבודתו. They would hear something, they'd learn something and say, does this fit in with the rest of my lifestyle and the way that my, all the rest of my Yiddishkeit looks, right? Everyone's eating at the same table. We're all, we're all basically being nourished by the same Sfarim. כל ספר אמיתי שיכול לחזק את האדם לעבודת קונו, צריך להשתמש בו. This is a thrilling חידש in the world that he comes from. We don't realize it, because we're not accustomed to these worlds. But the fact that he writes here, every person should be, should be any, any ספר that can מחזק someone to serve Hashem, you have to use it. Do you know they used to burn Likutei Maharans? You understand, like, for him to say such a, such a statement is, it's such a chiddush we don't even understand. And this was printed, was this controversial? Well, no, this was printed just in the last 15 years. The, now it's not Rav Dessler, this is this author, Rav Schwartz. I think maybe, man, now we're maybe understanding why the Bilvavi is maybe un, uh, unauthorized now. <laughs> <laughs> this farm, the first 10 years they were coming out, he didn't put his name on them. I don't know, I never thought about that until now. I just thought he was just this, you know, I don't know if that, I mean, I'm sure he is, but, I, but yeah, I'm... But he's getting this from Rob Putner. Yeah, but he's, he's quoted everyone in this section. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, if, did Rob Putner actually say... No. The answer Rav, to the mashal? Rob Putner said the mashal. Ah, okay. He's saying the nimshal. Okay. But this is the dagger. Who are you? Can you say about yourself that you, were, you are seeking authenticity? That that defines you? Like, what's your derech? I'm an emet seeker. Oh, so you're... No. Yes, whatever you want to say. I'm a person that is mevakesh emet. Doresh emet. Le'olam adam yeresh ma'im baseter uvagalui. And then what does it say over there in the, in the, in the seder? But this is before the Korbanot, in the morning, before Bekas HaShachar, after Bekas HaShachar. Le'olam yadam yerashmaim b'seter v'galoi modeh ala emet v'dover emet bilvavo. This is, if a person is like that, mi m'shim evakesh emet. Ulai midat ha'emet shebo torel o levatel da'ato mipnei da'atam shel raboteinu rav Dessler v'aravut nezatzar. V'yamshich lidroch b'darkam u'lechazek atmo b'chol ma shemitchazek. Maybe a person that reads this stuff and he says, you know, I'm really searching for Emes, they'll come to the conclusion that both Rav Dessler and the way he understands Rav Hutner says, and says, En ma la'asot, ani chayav lilmod mekulam. And now Hasidim say this. They say, you know what's amazing? Do you know how they learn in Hasidish yeshivas? You know what the shita is called? It's called lita'i. It's very funny. The way that they learn in Hasidish yeshivas is basically the Lithuanian method of learning Torah. Now, we haven't yet gotten to a place where in the Lithuanian shuls they say, we daven here Hasidish, right? But we will, and, and it's already seeping into all these places. I experienced this one time between like mixing up Hasidiyot. I think I shared with you this story many years ago. And I was just reminded of this recently. It was before I was married, I was like maybe 15, 16 years ago. I went to do a concert in England. I did a Shabbos in England and in this place <coughs> called Mill Hill. Have any of you heard of this community, Mill Hill? It's run by Rav Sh- Rabbi Shochat, Yitzchak Shochat, the son of uh, Emmanuel, Allah Shalom. And uh, England, whole Pchina on its own, right? I wasn't used to it at all, and um, I got very sick. It was, it was December before Hanukkah. I got very sick. I barely had koyach. And I was just asking Hashem, please give me koyach, once Shabbos for the concert there. It was a lot of B'nai Akiva chevra, and I was traveling with Laser. He was with me there with Laser Lloyd, and I had a friend that lived locally, put a band together, very special. At this B'nai Akiva concert, once Shabbos, there's three Vishnitzer Hasidim in the corner. 
very, like, clearly not Shayachta, what's going on over there. But they were there, and I put, they came up after the concert, said, Shalom Aleichem, and I said, I was putting my guitar away, and with this chutzpah, they said, and where do you think you're going? And I said, and who in the world do you think you are? <laughs> you kidding me? And he told me, uh, basically, in, in the Yiddish, with a British accent in English, which I didn't understand any of it, but he was saying, he said, you know, your sister-in-law was there. I'm just remembering. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? The one? Oh, Hadassah. Huh? Hadassah. Hadassah. She was there. I just remembered. She was at that concert. He told me, so he said to me, basically in this broken, like I said, um, you and your Chabatsker friend are coming with us. I said, really? He's like, no, I already, and he, he said, I already, you know, spoke to your host, which he didn't, and it's all taken care of. We're going to bring you home afterwards. I'm like, I said, he's like, trust me, you're coming with us. I was so tired, I, it was so late, I went in this car, in this van. It felt like a movie scene, they said. You, you know, again, because I didn't understand their language so well. I never met them before, and I actually agreed to do this. It felt very like, uh Hollywood. You sit in the back of the van, he sits here, and you can go to sleep, and when we get there, we'll wake you up. I'm thinking, <laughs> we, I'm staying five minutes from here. Where are you taking me? So if any of you know London, they took me basically to the complete other side, probably close to where Dessler was from. <laughs> like in this area where he was living, right? And I did, like, I didn't fall asleep, but I, the whole time I was like, I was so tired, and I knew, okay, this is going to be like a chassidisha story at the end, right? I don't know who these guys are. We can't really talk to each other because the language barrier. And the whole time, uh, Laser is saying, Brody, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You'll see. This is a shlichus, shlichus, shlichus. And they open the, the door to the van, and they look around. They make sure, it, mamash, Make sure no one's looking. It's very late, it's pouring. And they say, okay, we got your guitar. You just run, come with us, run down these stairs. I'm running down the stairs into this very tall apartment building. And from the, they do a special knock. And the guy from the other side says, in Yiddish, like Kilo said, they're showing. Something like that. They open chains, they open this basement. And it was, I think, a Carlina Stiebel underground, there was a table, a long, a long, long table, ready there, with all these different types of, uh, uh, like, like kugels and, and, and uh, babkas and all these things ready there. <coughs> I'm thinking, oh, they want me to come and meet a Rebbe or something, right? Like, wow, this is like a gift. This is like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? And there's a big Rebbe chair at the front. Mom, there's a big Rebbe chair at the front. So I, I'm like, okay, I go sit down like Kilo over here, and they look at me like, like, no, you're sitting here. I'm like, what, what's going on over here? They said, we never get chaver like you that look a little bit like us, but are not like us, and all these weird things going on, but we know you have all these nigunim that we need to learn. For kimat three hours, and I'm not kidding. I, I, it's, it's, it sounds like a movie, but mamish, they're kept on coming out later, later at night. All these different chassidim that were making sure no one looked at them, they came inside and I kept on asking, who's, I, I wanted to know, who's he? He's like, mamish, Karlin, Satmar, Vizhnitz, all these different chassidim kept on pouring into this bis midrash one in the morning, somewhere in London, I don't even know where exactly it was, and nigun after nigun after nigun after nigun. Then, later, the Chevra started wanting to know about Rav Cook. That Chevra, back then, their Zetas, it was enough for them to go to the, to the uh, Chaim, Reb Chaim Merrill, the Vishnu Tzarebbe's Tish. It's all they needed. It, and it really was all they needed. It wasn't because they were narrow. It wasn't because they were, like, you know, nothing wrong with them. That is all they needed. This door needs something completely different. And I want to say it the other way around. For those of us that are very well immersed mainly with Hasidic teachings, when we allow ourselves to open up Mesilat Yisharim, or Chastadikim, all the Sfarim that are not, you know, the ones that like, maybe we thought were the coolest when we were younger, 
they so ground us and they align us in such a powerful manner. And he's saying over here, the avoda of this door to reach a confident place of avat Hashem is that if you see something in a sefer that maybe bichlal is not what you're used to, but you walk out of there and saying, kirvas elokim litov, ahavas olam haavtich, grab it. You have to. You have to grab it. And to me, that synergy is like, is such a beautiful, beautiful hora'at Like This is it. This is, this is where we're at. It has to be like this. Now, it happens to be that Rav Kook plays this role in a way that still has, the code has not been cracked yet. Because if you had to take a figure that's the synergy of these two worlds, like mamish these two worlds, it's Rav Kook. We once did a shir. It was Rav Kook Hasidish or Litvish. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how, huh? Yes, right. right. Well, which way did he go? There, right? Was Rav Kook from his mother's side? He's directly from the, you know, from the and, and, and from his father's side, he doesn't get more Velozhin, meaning he learned by, 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 by Velozhin. So, the, the, the point that we're trying to make today is like, take that to the Yitzhahara that tells you that Ahavas Hashem is just for the Tzaddikim Elyonim. Say, Mapitom, we're living in a door that the rules don't apply anymore the way they used to. Maybe it once was upon a time that a person could sit for himself away and say, my trajectory is that I am going to work right now on these midos, the foundational midos of a yid, so that I can then graduate to the world of Avat Hashem. Just like that is not shayach anymore for this door, so too is just saying, I can only learn from this because this represents my derech. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Take it to the Yitzhahara in the face because when it's going to call you out, it's going to call you out strong. It's like, let's say a person grew up so litvish, he tells, so all they know is like tells or whatever. And then they found out that they're attracted to some tears in the Svasamas. So the, the tells them there, and then we'll, we'll say to them, listen, it's not really you. You could try to fake it for a few weeks. What's not really you? The moment of feeling hit or ruta Hashem is not really you? Really? We're not saying you have to be a breast lover or a, a, Gerit, a, a Gerit Hasid, but the moment that you... Grab the moment that makes you feel love for God at all costs. That's what he's saying. Because right now, it's only one table. It's not milchiks and it's not fleshiks. We're so poor, it's maybe some leftover tofu. It's not milk. I don't know, tofu is actually probably more expensive. But you know what I mean. Meaning, it's not anymore the ma'adanim on each side. Whatever we can grab to make us feel strong in Avodat Hashem, you grab it at all costs. Now the natural inclination towards things that will make me more stronger will result in Ahavat Hashem, in loving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why our children have to be told this and have to be shown this as well, that their parents are learning from everyone, from everyone. And all, and, and all the tzaddikim and all the tzadkaniyos play a role at the tish today. And alavai, these should be words that are mamash lemaase, lemaase. All right, so we definitely are not done. We're going to continue this with Hashem next week.